that today. So let's pray real quick. Let's get into this and let's have a good time. Let's learn something. And uh, we're going to have a great day. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your revealing. We thank you for your revelation. Thank you for your connection. Help us today to give what you have for us. We give you the praise and the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Something that I forgot to announce, but I am telling you, this is what's happening, and we need to get real stoked, man, because uh, we're, this is June, right? I am in June. Yes. So July and August, there's going to be a couple of those first Wednesdays. We're going to train our dream team a little bit on some stuff. Starting September, first Wednesday in September, turn to your neighbor, slap them on the hand. <laughs> September to remember starts our miracle healing services that first Wednesday of every month in, starting in September. We're going to believe God for an incredible, there's already anointing, he's already starting things. People got healed here last Sunday. Just crazy good. And God is doing amazing things. It's going to happen. It's going to be amazing. We're going to start seeing people bringing people here that just need Jesus. Come on, somebody. That's what this is about. So it's going to be great. So let's jump into this. The last chapters we've talked about have been so full. They've been big. They've been amazing. Sometimes it gets a little bit overwhelming. Like, how does all that happen? God, what does all that mean? But if we stay together here, we kind of stay the course, we've... we've Fought the race, you know, we're kind of doing that uphill, downhill, in some small spots, big spots. The Lord is going to help us. I want us to think about this particular chapter in ways of like a, a soldier who's been on the battlefield. <laughs> you most, most of you know I'm a Christmas nut. I like Christmas, always have. Remember White Christmas, Bing Crosby, Danny Kay? Remember the scene in the beginning and Bing is starting to sing the famous I'm dreaming of a white Christmas and, you know, Danny's winding the, the music box. They pan to the soldiers because the song is talking just like the ones I used to know. Now, I know that's not scripture. I'm not trying to say thus say a Santa Claus. What I'm trying to give you is they pan those soldiers and you see the soldiers leaning on his rifle there. You can tell their mind, at least they're acting, and we know that, but their mind is thinking of someplace better than where they are. They're thinking of home. And I want us to kind of have that aspect of this, or that perception, kind of. But they have one thing on their mind, home. They're longing for home. That word home, doesn't that sound great? I'm going home. I can't wait to get home. You ever been on vacation, and it's great to go on vacation, but isn't it nice... To get home. I love going over to uh, my in-laws, uh, Charlotte and Charles's house, because I've, I've always loved their house. This is going to sound stupid, so mom, please forgive me. I love the way it smells, because it smells like home. I love to go home to my mom and dad's house. I remember when they lived in Cambridge. I loved, I'd go there and I'd go deer hunting, and I would just get into mom's house, and it smelled like home. There's something about home that we just say that is just a void that we needed filled we just have god just fills that if you're a believer in jesus christ our home is a place that we've never been yet but we're going and you know some of us have gone before and they are there they're waiting it's a place that he's prepared for us the bible talks about a new heaven and a new earth with a city so amazing that it boggles the mind. So many wonders and mysteries. And, and then we'd have all these questions. 
Now, I'm going to do my best to answer some of the questions by some of the stuff that we're looking at. I'm not probably going to be able to answer all of them. But we can get a general idea. And it's exciting for you. It's exciting for me. Last week, we left off with the tribulation being over, the second coming of Jesus Christ, a thousand years of Jesus reigning on the earth. If you remember that, the last battle, remember that, the final last judgment, the great white throne judgment. We talked about that last week. So eternal destinies, they were being settled last week. And just when you think it's at the end, just when you think, ah, God makes a beginning. It's kind of like if you've ever been involved in maybe a, a TV series or a movie and you're all in, you know what I'm saying? And right at the end, you think it's over, it's over. And then there's a cliffhanger because they're going to run another season or something. Now, back in the day, and this is going to probably tell you my age, but I was working at Cedar Point and I saw so many people with T-shirts that said, who shot JR? Who cares? I'm, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> but everybody was sucked into that TV series or a lot of America or, you know, maybe you have something else you can remember. Oh, wow. But God is so big. He's so huge. Look at um, Revelation 21.1. I saw a new heaven, a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared and the sea was also gone. So a whole new heaven and a whole new earth. The old one is gone. I mean, I'm talking about the one we live on now. Gone. Isaiah looked and talked about it too. Or he talked about it Isaiah 65, 17 and 19. Look. I'm creating new heavens and a new earth, and no one will even think about the old ones anymore. Be glad. Rejoice forever in my creation. And look, I will create Jerusalem as a place of happiness. Her people will be a source of joy. I'll rejoice over Jerusalem and delight in my people, and the sound of weeping and crying will be heard in it no more. Now think about what's happening here. We can't have the old one, and there's a reason. Because it's been tainted by sin. So he's creating something that's totally new. I was like, okay, God, let me just try to get this right. Let me. I never really had another serious girlfriend except one before Kim. See, you get to jump into my life right now. <laughs> Look at the cameras. <laughs> All right. But there came a point in time where I knew this was not where the Lord wanted me to go. So... No, I'm not saying bad person. I'm not saying any of that. I'm not bashing anyone. But I, it was time for me to move on. Okay? I had not met Kim yet in the, in the real time. But I had met her in my mind and in my heart. Does that make sense? Because I knew there was something. God had someone for me. Okay? And I wanted whoever, you know, the, the I don't say the old person. I wanted them to have who God wanted for them, but I just knew it wasn't me. So that makes sense. So again, this is no bashing, just being real. I said all that to say when that separation happened, I did not. Now, listen, I did not keep anything from the old. OK, the reason because any of that would remind me of the old and God was taking me somewhere new. So in that same respect, he's like, we're not going to have the old. I'm going to make something completely new. And I'll continue to 
tell you how I feel about Kim, which you've heard it millions of times, but you get to hear it because I'm the pastor, so deal with it, you know. Just teasing. But, you know, think about even the old heaven, because you'd think, why would he make a new heaven? Even the old heaven has the devil's disgusting footprints in it. I never thought of that before. But that's, I just believe that's something like, you know. So God, he starts over. He makes new. Good news is he keeps us. He keeps us, though. So he's, special attention is given to one particular city, Revelation 21.2. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. Everybody say new. Jerusalem is God's chosen city. He makes a new one. And to appreciate this, you've got to understand how we got here. You've got to understand the journey. Now, Kim and I just celebrated our 36th anniversary. Thank you. You guys act like you're on a golf tour. That's so wonderful. So anyway, 36 years, but me and this woman have been through some stuff. You know, how many have ever experienced life? So you live with someone 36 years, you, you lived a little bit. Some of you are in here and say, that's nothing. I've got 50 years, you know, or whatever. That's amazing. Uh, but, you know, you've learned some things. You learn how each other is. <laughs> I was homeschooled. It was a gooder decision. Yeah. <laughs> you, you just learn some stuff, okay? But God's chosen that he makes a new one. So appreciating the journey. One of the things that I think Kim and I appreciate about each other is because we've been through it together. We've journeyed together. Has it been all perfect? No, no, no. Has it all been fun? Absolutely not. But have we stayed together? Yes. And so the journey, Hebrews 11, is about those people of faith. And they all have a common bond. The Bible is full of people that have talked about the promised land. They've talked about things. They've been through some stuff. Uh, they've been strangers here on earth. They all have a common thread. They follow God and they are heading home. Think of Abraham. He was called out from a city to go where he'd never been before around people he'd never met. We know what that's like. We've been to towns. We don't even know who the, I don't even know where the grocery store is. You know, we went in and we, we you know, we got the job and we're on staff and we don't know where to, you know, where, where's the bank in association to our house? You might say, well, you should have found that stuff out. Probably should have, but we didn't. We didn't know all that stuff. Sometimes things happen very quickly. But sometimes God promises you things that haven't, you know, like in some of these cases, it's not really about the life they're living right now, the land they're in right now. They're looking forward. It says he was looking for a city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Hebrews 11:10. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. And I think that's the call of every believer. We're not at home. We're longing for a better country, a heavenly one. That is the promise. Some of us in here have had loved ones that we have cared deeply for and they have gone on before us and we are looking forward one day again we will see them. Come on. We, we know where they're at and we, we are excited. That is our bond. That is one of those things that we share. It cannot be stolen from you. People who believe that and they show it by the way they live. 
the Bible says God is not ashamed to be called their God. Look at Hebrews eleven fourteen through 16. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back, but they were looking for a better place. Anybody here looking for a better place? A heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. I love that. You see, this is about home. I love my home wherever it's been. Kim has always made it special. She has always had a gift. You can call it an anointing. She is an, if you need somebody to design something for you or you need to do this or color palette or whatever, she could have her own business. I mean, wherever we've gone. When we left one church and we were on, went to a large church uh, to be on staff there, people showed up at our new house, looked in the window and said, yep, she's been here because she had everything done the way that she just does. I'm not that way. When she married me, it was, I'm like a total dude. I, I had stuffed dead animals sitting in different places and pictures that evidently are not the right level. <laughs> Don't you know, pictures got to be right here at this level and you know, and that color doesn't go with that color. I thought it did. They're not thinking right. You know, I mean, she, but she just knows all that stuff. She knows how this goes here or this looks good or all of that stuff. She has always made our house a home. Wherever we've gone, when we come back, it's always just that feeling. Oh, it's so good to be home. I always look at her and I'm amazed. I look around and see how it's decorated. And I know I'm I'm not here just to, to make, you already know how I feel about her, but that is something God has done in her. So I'm thanking him for just that incredible gift. But what we're talking about this morning is this home, this city, comes from God out of heaven. What a sight that will be. Jesus, or actually John describes it as the bride walking towards her groom, her husband. That's the most beautiful sight ever. Now, this is going to sound mushy because I've been talking about her. I am actually going to move away from talking about, probably not, but I'm going to try. <laughs> One of the most beautiful sights, I've, just to give you an idea of, of how this is. I mean, when, when John is talking about, you know, the, the bride walking, you know, making this entrance. Think about a wedding. And everybody stands. You know, they do all that. I still remember Charles bringing Kim down the aisle at the church. She's in this beautiful white dress. They're coming down the aisle. He's coming. I am not, you know, I think I'm a pretty strong individual. But something started happening to my lips. I started going into this Elvis phase. My lips started quivering. I started crying. I, I, I couldn't stop. I wanted to stop because it looked pretty, pretty stupid. I was, I was all shook up. <laughs> and she was coming down the aisle. I still remember seeing her, and I still, it was like the breath had left my lungs. I was just in awe. That is what we're talking about. We're talking about this. Can you imagine that city? He's preparing a place, and it deserves that grand of an entrance. Revelation 21.3, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, 
God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. That's just so good that God is now, he's creating this incredible city for his people. Can we just take like five second praise break and just give God some thank you, God. Thank you, God. I can't wait to see what our houses and stuff look like. I don't know if there'll be cats in heaven, Amy, but there might be. You see, there's cat people. There certainly will be. All the dog people said, "Mm mm-hmm, okay. But God dwells there. He lives there, and he is with us. So to dwell there or to live means to be at home. Did I mention I love home? So God is, now he's making his home with his people. Like right now, you know, we are the habitation of God and all of that. But there's going to be a time when it's not only going to be just like that. He's going to be there too. Like it's going to be amazing. Revelation 21, 4 and 5. He'll wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look. I'm making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down, for I tell you it is trustworthy or tell you is trustworthy and true. This is so awesome. So God ends the Bible with I'm making everything new. And he tells John, take some notes, write this down. This is true. It's real. This day will come. On earth, everything gets old, doesn't it? That's why we, you know, you go to a car show, you look at Old cars that have been, what, they've been restored, they've been made new, or they, they're made to look like they originally did. We went by the other day, Kim and I were out on a date, and I went by a McDonald's, and it looked like one from the 50s. It was really cool. It was around uh, Easton. Uh, there was a, I don't know, it had the, like the whoop, you know, the big, I mean, it was just really neat. I, was just, I just wanted to go, I, we didn't go, but I was like, I, I just want to go in that McDonald's just because it looks cool. But everything ages here on earth. Well, everything except Dick Clark or John Stamos, but most everything ages here on earth. Truthfully, but some things really don't age, like faith. Faith in God. People getting saved. That never gets old. Hope. I don't know about you, but sometimes we can say we get tired of hoping, but aren't you glad for hope? Hope is like the focus on your binoculars of faith. Because you're hoping, I'm believing. See, that's in your system. That doesn't get old, doesn't age. Optimists always hope. Are you an optimist or a pessimist? I hope you're an optimist. Love doesn't age. Love really never gets old. Sometimes we take things for granted, but true love doesn't get old. The eternal stuff, the stuff that lasts, the outside stuff seems to waste away. But inwardly, the Bible says we can be renewed day by day. I love serving a God who can make all things new, don't you? Revelation 21, 6 says he also said it is finished. I think we've heard that before. I am the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end to all who are thirsty. I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. Now in the Bible, thirst represents longing. We've, we that follow the Lord, we have a thirst inside us. 
God put it there. Nothing really can satisfy it in the world. There's a, there's some people call it the God void. You know, we people look for looking for love in all the wrong places, looking for love. And... <laughs> but you can't find it. Not the thing that will fill what God has put in there. You can't only God can can do that. God gives the water of life for free because it's already paid for. And we didn't pay for it. Jesus did. Revelation 21, 7, all who are victorious will inherit all these blessings and I will be their God and they will be my children. The word inherit there isn't about getting money after somebody dies. It's not just talking about that, that type of inheritance. It's talking, it's really what a father sharing what he has with his kids. Because they're my kids, they have the stuff that I have. Does that make sense? It's, it's basically because in the kingdom, you already have access to everything that's God's. Remember the prodigal son when he came home and then the other guy, the other son was mad. I've been with you this whole time. You didn't throw a big party for me. And, he, and this is what the father said. You've had all of what, all of what I have is already yours. But see, sometimes we don't think like that. We, we just think about selfish us. Or our own, maybe our motive is wrong. And God is saying, I've already paid for this for you. You see, God has got things for those who are victorious and who have overcome. That's why we're called overcomers. That's why we're called believers. Just to be a believer, you have to believe in something. Be a Christian is being a little Christ, a product of Jesus. Revelation 21.8 But cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, and all liars, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Let's just put that plane on the table. When it's finally over... The second death is hell. That's it. He's continuously, God has called out to everyone to accept his free gift in heaven. Salvation. Paid for by Jesus on the cross. Allow him to come in and to change us. And some of us, that's a, that's a major redo. That's a major renovation, isn't it? Because it, sometimes, isn't that a process? Old things are passed away. All things have become new. Sometimes that even just says some of that is a process. I've seen people that got saved and they cursed like a sailor when they got saved because they did it when they weren't. But in the process of being connected to God, old things pass away. Are we perfect? Absolutely not. But the grace and the love of God is what keeps us, what helps us maintain that hope, that belief. But there are those that still, and we've, we've seen it in this book, that refuse, no matter how good God has been, no matter how many offers he's made, refuse 
to accept that gift. Refuse all of the things that go with it. You know, I want to be a believer, and I am. But I mean, just think of the benefits of being a believer. They're eternal. Pretty awesome. But there are those that are just like, no. Have you ever had people that you know that no matter what you did, it wasn't good enough? I don't, I don't like this $50. I would rather have a brand new crisp $50 bill. This one has wrinkles in it. Give it back. <laughs> you kind of want to just say things like that. But, you know, there are some that are like that. And we've seen it in this book, in the world. There are people, and we all know people, they refuse to repent. But if I was one of the monkeys, I would be saying, This is the last train to Clarksville, and I'll meet you at the station. I mean, there's no more time. It's over. This is it. You, you either get on board now or you ain't boarding the train. It's, it's the end. It's the finale. It's interesting the first one that is listed in the scripture we read is cowards. Can I say? It takes courage to be a follower of Jesus Christ. In a world today, it takes courage to stand up and say, This is what I believe. And try to find a way to do it where people don't feel like you're judging or condemning. That's a challenge. Because our Christianity is, it seems like it's, it's up for grabs because if you say anything, well, you can't. But anything else is allowed. It does, it's not an even playing field. How many know that? It's because there's a threatening element the enemy hates about Jesus because he wins. He already knows the outcome. People make choices every day. I heart Jesus. There's bumper stickers. I heart Jesus. Stuff like that. Or people, yeah. They'll cross out heart and replace it with something else. Stuff. Attitude. I mean, right now... Kind of, you know, can I, I'm going to get really real, and I, I just want you to be, I'll just get really real. This is, according to the enemy, Pride Month. This is how quiet it is. God, God loves everybody. But those decisions are, are not godly. They're just not. They go completely against the word of God. Back in, you know, the Bible, you know what a rainbow means in the Bible? It was a promise. All of that's been twisted by the enemy now. And I get it. Red and yellow, black and white. We're all precious in his sight. And we've all made bad choices. And yes, I get all that. But let's stay true to the word. Just embrace what God says. I mean, and God loves people, so he, he loves those people. But that goes against the word of God, plain and simple. <laughs> but man has believed the enemy's lies and the twist that's been put on. But the good news is that doesn't stop God. God's invitation is for everyone. Forgiveness is free. I don't want you to, you know... 
I don't want you being mad at me for all of those statements. But if you are, just you, I'm sorry. Not really, but I mean, I just don't want you being mad. But I can't stop that. I'm just, what I want you just to see is, I have never made all the right choices either. You can come up and help me. <laughs> she would be great. We get a lot more views. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> Who's the cute little girl? Forget the guy with the, the girl with the pigtails. Bring pebbles back. We want her. <laughs> but I mean, you know, and God yet still loves me. But the key is as long as I line up with, I mean, I've done things wrong and I've been wrong. But it's repentance. That is key. And if we repent, there's forgiveness. According, you know, that's what the Bible says. That's what we believe. But there are those, if they don't want that freedom, that forgiveness, and they want their sin and won't give it up, they get to keep it forever. I don't know about you, but forever is a long time. Then they talk not past the, you know, the beginning of cowards. They go on. They talk about drug users, witches, deceivers. But you need to understand this is a new heaven. And in this heaven, there will be no one there to harm you. Nothing to be afraid of. Isn't that, I mean, isn't that cool? Can you imagine sometimes, like in, in our house right now, we live on the boulevard. The boulevard is fairly busy. And you can hear the traffic. You can hear the sirens go by. You know, if, if somebody's hurt, we usually pray as long when we hear a siren, we pray. But in, in outside, you can hear a lot. And then when we get in home, the noise is muffled. I can't hear it as well. Think about this city. Every place you go is home. I mean, you'll have, you know, a mansion and all that stuff. I get all that. But I mean, the whole place feels good. This is like Mayberry. And I've never been to Mayberry, but you, you know what I'm saying. It's just home. An angel calls to John, Revelation 21, 9. One of the seven angels who held uh, the seven bowls containing the seven last plagues came and said, Come with me, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And what he shows John is really not people, but it, the great city. I think the city and the people have become one. They're, they're, because this is where they're going to dwell with God. They have an identity there. Because they're God's people. This is God's place. This is home. It's described. If you come to my house, my house reflects Kim and me. And, and you'll see like, oh yeah, okay, I, that makes sense. The way it's decorated, the way it's kept, the look of it, the smell of it. It reminds you of us. If you know us at all, you can go into the house and go, oh yeah, all right. That's what I was saying. That's a gift that she has. I could go to Charlotte's. I, I know. I, I feel good when I go in there. I could go to my parents. I, I get that. I go to my sister's. You know, it's, it's wonderful to be at her house. That's what this is like. 21.10 through 14 says, He took me in the Spirit to a great high mountain, and he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. It shone with great glory of God, sparkled like a precious stone, like jasper, as clear as crystal. The city wall was broad and high, the twelve gates guarded by twelve angels. The names of the twelve tribes of Israel were written on the gates, there were three gates on each side, east, north, south, and west. The wall of the city had 12 foundation stones, and on them were written the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. So it's, it's a square city. It's huge. It's, it's like Maine to Florida, square and huge. 
I mean, so it's, it's ginormous. 21, 15, and 18 says, the, the angel who talked to me held, his hand, held in his hand a gold measuring stick to measure the city, its gates, and its walls. When he measured it, he found it was square, as wide as it was long. In fact, its length and width and height were about 1,400 miles. Then he measured the walls and found them to be 216 feet thick. According to the human standard used by the angel, the wall was made of jasper, and the city was pure gold, as clear as glass. I've heard some versions that say instead of 1,400, they were saying 1,500, but you're getting the idea that it is just massive. The walls are made of jasper, city of pure gold, pure as glass. They talk about foundations. 19 and 20, the wall of the city was built on foundation stones inlaid with 12 precious stones. The first was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate. Uh, agate. I don't know how to say all these, so if I say them wrong, I will. <laughs> The fourth emerald, I got that one. The fifth, that one. Onyx, thank you. The sixth, thank you. So those are online are going, is he forget to speak? No, I just don't want you to laugh at me too much. The seventh, crystallite. The eighth, beryl. The ninth, topaz. The tenth, christophrase. The eleventh, Jacinth, Jacinth, sounds like I'm lifting, doesn't it? The twelfth Amherst. The foundation, though, means solid and lasting. This, you know, when I read this, this in the picture of my mind, you know, we just went through Mother's Day. Have you thought about a Mother's, you know, day? Has anybody ever got their mom a Mother's ring? And in that ring, there was the birthstones of all of the kids, you know, that are on that. That's what, you know, this isn't talking about mothers and that, but what it's talking about is something that would be very foundational to a mother, be very solid, it'd be very important, that it would have meaning. Every one of those stones would be meaning some monumental thing. That's what this is. This, this is talking about those 12 apostles and, and those stones on the city and the foundations and the angels and this whole deal. Remember Hebrews 11, we, we pilgrims long for a city and the Bible, you know, for what? And it, this is what it says, foundations. How many of you just let your children do whatever they want, whenever they want? Probably not too many. Tim and I went to Tennessee one time and we were with some friends and we put, uh, it's time for Mallory to go down to bed and Zach to go down to bed and they were just little and uh, they said, how did you do that? And we looked at each other and said, do what? They said, you put them down. I mean, I, like, it was bedtime. They said, how did you determine that? Because there's 24 hours in a day. We picked the time. And, you know, I mean, they were just amazed. And I said, well, when do you put your child down? They said, when he falls asleep. He won't go to bed. He tells us when he goes to bed. And I mean, my mind is probably what yours is doing. Oh, that's not going to happen. You know, we put Mallory down one time and she screamed, screamed for an hour and 45 minutes. And it went from who tied the pups to every Daddy! Finally, she was like, Daddy, come back here and spank me. Like, come on. But, you know. We, you know, we, we treated her with love and the straight jacket helped a lot. But other than, no, we didn't do that. We, you know, we just treated her with love and, and she did that one time and one time only. 
We just kept reassuring, honey, mommy and daddy are right out here. We love you. Everything is fine. Go just lay on your bed and go to sleep. And she finally did. She never, ever did that again. What I'm trying to tell you is foundations. I mean, God has established things. These streets are pure gold, transparent glass. It's just amazing to even think about. And I don't want you to think like, like in a jewelry store as much. But what do gems do with light? And again, I'm just saying stuff that I'm pulling out that God has given me so I can relate this to you. And I know you might be like, man, this is just like story time with, with Brett here. Okay. But, you know, I grew up and I, I'm, I want things that, again, that you can associate and get with this. Did you grow Anybody watch Pollyanna? Pollyanna was very positive, you know, and in that movie she's always... Saying something positive, very much kind of like my mother. My mother's very positive. She would always say something positive. She'd always say something. And uh, positive. <laughs> but Pollyanna, you remember the prisms? She went into that old guy's house and her and Jimmy or whatever went in there and the light shone on those things and it refracted the rainbow colors all around the room and, and that was the big thing. And when she got hurt, he said, we're going to do this. You come back and help us. But it was all about the, the light going through those gems and what it did on the ceiling and the walls. That's what I'm talking about. Think about all these gems and coming down out of heaven and when light hits that, can you imagine the glory that would do, that would, we would see with that. There's no darkness anymore. There's none. Revelation 21, 20, uh, 21 through 24. Twelve gates were made of pearls, each gate from a single pearl. The main street was pure gold, as clear as glass. No, I saw no temple in the city, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city has no need of sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city, and the Lamb is its light. The nations will walk in its light. The kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory. So it's a city in the sky. God dwells in it. Twelve gemstone foundations reflect the light of God for this incredible light show. Now, I know you got questions. I'm like, I don't even understand how he's going to do that. And the kings. Well, tell me about those kings. I'll try to answer that next week. That's your cliffhanger. Revelation 21, 25 through 27. The gates will never be closed at the end of the day because there's no night there. All the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty, but only those whose names, here it is, are written in the Lamb's book of life. It says the doors are never locked. Doesn't that sound like home? Where you could live and you could go to bed and not have to worry about ever locking your doors. It's just safe. Nothing evil is ever allowed there. It's just home. I'm going to have the praise team uh, come back on the platform as we close this out. God is so good. To, I mean... The foundation that he laid for everything to happen, for you and for me, I don't know. So many times I don't feel I'm, I'm worthy of that, but thank God for Jesus Christ. Thank God for the blood. So this morning, if you 
here in these last couple moments, if you're saying, you know what, I, I want to see that city. I can't wait to see that city. Some of the first, you know, when we get to heaven, I, I think one of the first people I'm going to see is my firstborn son. I can't wait to see him. I, I don't think, I think he's going to, you know, I don't think he'll be a baby. I think he'll be, you know, I think he'll come up and like, Dad, I don't know what he'll do. But I can't wait to see him. I get to see my grandmother, my dad's mom. I get to see my father-in-law. I can't wait to see him. You know, I, I want to say, as, as we've been doing this, I did not, uh, my wife read this to me. She found, you guys can play whenever you want. Um, she found some of some things Charles had written down. And one of the things that he had written down, and she, she was sharing it with me, we need people to teach us out of the book of Revelation. We need, you know, nobody's teaching out of that. We need to know, you know, those kind of things. And I, it just blessed my heart that I'm like, he said that. So sometime when we get in heaven and we, I get there, he'll probably say, that was any count, which would mean that's good. But I want you to all be there. I want us all to go. I want us to see the city. I want us to see those streets. If you're here this morning and you're saying to yourself, I'm not sure. Those that are online, you're watching. You can be sure right now. We'll say a prayer. And this isn't about feelings. But I, I'm pretty sure you're going to feel different. Because the enemy is going to lie to you and tell you you don't. But you'll know you do. But whether you do or not, this is about fact. Legally, according to the kingdom, if you believe this prayer, your name is in the book. So if that's you today and you're saying, Pastor, put, put me down. I want to pray. I just want you to put your hand up and put it back down. We'll pray today. Maybe those that are online, you can just raise your hand for where you're at. Let's pray together, shall we? Bow your heads, close your eyes. Father. Forgive me for my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Now I'm going to have the praise team play a song. And this is what I want to do. I know it's 1141. Um, let's, I want to, let's receive an offering. Uh, we're not collecting it. You can put it in the, the box on your way out. Um, I'd ask you just to listen to the Lord. We're doing a lot of things, uh, like I said, with the building. There's remodeling coming in the bathrooms. There's expense for the concert and all that stuff. And we're doing all that, and we're not charging anybody, obviously. We want to take care of that. But you help us do that, you know, by your generosity. Just pray about that, um, and, uh, you know, just do and be obedient to the Lord, and we'll believe with you. God is so good. You can give online. Those that are watching, you can text to give. I think it's 84321. That's really easy. Uh, or you can go online and donate that way. Or you can send it to 374 North Main. Um, however you want to do it, that's fine. And we, we appreciate it. And we'll put it to good, good use and good ground. And it'll multiply in the name of Jesus. Let's pray over that. And then I want to pray for anybody that needs prayer. I'm going to come down front. And if you need a healing or you need, you know, I want to be here to to help administer that. I am, and I want you to understand, I am not the healer. 
I am just the jumper cable. So I'm just connected to the one that does that. And, uh, and he wants you whole and he wants you well. So let's pray over that offering. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the opportunity to give generously. And God, I give you praise for what you're doing. Multiply it to meet the needs of your kingdom. We thank you for blessing. And we give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Let's let the praise team um, help us worship. And those that if you need prayer, like I said, I'll meet you down front. God bless you. If you want to stay with us, you can. If you need to leave, we'll dismiss you. And so God bless.